Hey, it's Emanuela. And this is McKenna, and this is The Collective, Cultivating Creativity Podcast. In today's episode, we have Shafiq Hicks, a musical theater performer. Shafiq is a voice performance major on a gap year at Temple University, studying for his bachelor's in vocal performance, and has just finished his role as Tom Collins on the 20th anniversary Rent Broadway tour. I actually met Shafiq when I first arrived in Philadelphia for university. We actually sang in church together, and Shafiq was always trying to put on a show. Shafiq has a beautiful gift and a dynamic power that has always moved me. Everybody, let's welcome Shafiq. Let's welcome Shafiq. <laughs> hey, friends. Hey, friends. Hey. Good morning, first of all. Good morning. Yes. <laughs> Hello. Shafiq, may I add, I am very surprised that you're here at 10 a.m. Impressive. Shafiq. Impressive. Bro. <laughs> it really was. What happened? I woke up this morning and I was like, oh, my God, my phone that de- my phone died. My phone died like throughout the night. Um, and I was like, well, no alarm clock. So <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. Like, so I'm looking around my house, like the signs as to see like what time it is. So like my sister's up and doing her online school. So it's like still kind of early, but like no one else is up. So it's like not that early. And I'm like, oh, OK, OK, I'm, I must be fine. And then I asked somebody what the time was and they were like nine. And I was like, OK, cool, cool, cool. I'm great. But yeah, it was, it was, yep. <laughs> it was intense. There was suspense getting up to this, leading up to this interview, basically. <laughs> Very much so. Very much so. <laughs> but I'm glad you. to be here. I'm so glad to be here. I love, so like, happy. everything that y'all are doing right now. Like, it's really, like, I listened to a few episodes, um, like, throughout the week. And I was like, wow, like, they're really insightful, like, young Black voices. Like, I love this. Oh, thank so, yeah. you. Mm-hmm. We love your voice that we're hopefully going to have a lot more insight to take from Absolutely. and to learn yeah. from. Absolutely. So, it's crazy. I feel like I haven't talked to you. I think the last time that we actually, like, hung out was probably what was that the super bowl a couple years ago or was it like i this is a great question i, <laughs> I have no clue i feel like i i saw you i think it might have been at the, i've been thinking it might have been the super bowl probably i don't super know bowl and then after all that happened all of a sudden i see that you're just going on the rent broadway tour <laughs> and i was like <laughs> i was like okay like I, I think I slid into your demon. It was like, oh my God, Shafiq, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Because to me, <laughs> you know, because to me, you were always a person that I feel like our lives were very similar, where we both had like really odd situations just happen to us that like don't happen to anybody else. And we just feel like nothing's ever going to go our way. So when I saw that that happened for you, I was like, yes, like, finally, there's going to be a win for Shafiq. So, like, what's <laughs> up? Like, right. So let's like, just hop in to this interview. Tides have I turned. Really, right, the tides have turned, because I really just thought that you were a great person to talk about rejection, especially because our fields, we face so much rejection on a daily basis. So let's hop into it. Let us know who you are, what you do, and where you're from, please. That would be awesome. Absolutely. Um, Well, uh, I'm Shafiq. Um, I'm an artist. Uh, I'm from Philly. Um, And I I act, I sing... I'm trying to work on the triple th- thing. Like, but give me time. I'm going to get there. Um, <laughs> takes time. It takes time. You got to be the best of the best. We got you. You know, here. you know. Um, uh, I'm a teacher. I love to teach, uh, especially music. And, uh, yeah, um, I'm just an artist who wants to make an impact. Um, I feel like I have a certain light that shines um, that a lot of people would love, to, uh, would be inspired to see. 
so yeah, I'm just trying to get in where I can and do what I can with my art. That sounds yeah. beautiful. Very empower very empowering, Thank honestly. You. Thank you. Where are you um before we continue to the next question, just tell the people like where you're from, um culturally, like where you live. Um Sure. I'm from Philly, like born and raised. Uh I live in like the Germantown section of Philly. Um so yeah, I uh grew up in church like all my life. Um I went to a, uh, the Creative and Performing Arts High School here in Philly. Um, and then from there, I went to UArts for a year um, and then Temple. And yeah, I'm just like here. <laughs> you're starting your way. You're making mm-hmm, your way. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask and start this off with, I know like in our career fields, we face rejection on a daily basis. We're constantly hearing the word no. I don't know. It's just something crazy. I feel like the word no just follows me all the time. And over the years, I had to build up a thicker skin, especially when I started transitioning more into wanting to do it professionally. So have you ever faced rejection and something you were trying or in something you thought you were really skilled in, um, in this world of theater and this world of performance. And basically what does that look like to you? Uh, so of course, like in our field, like rejection is, you know, a dime a dozen kind of thing. Um, I feel like we probably get more rejection than we get jobs, especially in our field, uh, which kind of sucks, but, um, (laughs) I, Uh, but I really look at rejection as more of an opportunity, you know, an opportunity to grow, an yes. opportunity to learn, an opportunity to go maybe go back to the drawing board and see like what I can improve on, or an opportunity to go into something else. Um, yes. Have I ever, like, I experienced so much rejection, not even artistically, like just like growing up. Um, yes, and, and personally, being, right? Yeah, and definitely personally, yeah. Growing up and being a, the peculiar kid in class, you know how artists are. Um, like, Heard you. They always get questions. <laughs> always and word. And we're always questioning this norm, too. So it's like, it's like, what do we do? <laughs> exactly. Like, first of all, we're trying to figure out who we are, just like everyone else is. So like, but like, of course, there's no support because everyone's like, oh, sports this, or like, oh, girls that, or like, you know, Heck all so. the prim- uh, priorities are like just askew. So I would I would I face rejection a lot from uh just like commute from the community. Like I was like I was never really a cool kid. We didn't really have an artist community in my uh elementary school and middle school, so like I wasn't really part of that. In the journey um of trying to find myself, I wasn't really supported like amongst my community and I found rejection in that first um before an artist because artistically i was just a random kid singing in church so like whenever they needed someone to sing a solo or like and i was also one of the only males in like the church choir so like i definitely faced no rejection there at all and like my church loved me so like artistically i was doing great but personally it was like i don't know who i am i don't know what i'm gonna do um so yeah i think that but that kind of rejection um kind of shaped me for this path i guess all that constant rejection from friends and even sometimes from family i didn't really feel accepted a lot in my own family um so yeah that really prepared me for like all the rejection i receive as an artist currently 
Um, and I think that kind of gave me like a nice tough, tough thick skin to look rejection in the face and be like, okay, well, you don't have time for me. I don't got time for you. <laughs> um, and that's, no, that's on, energy, and that's on that's cor- Corona, you know? Right. That's, that's on Corona, period. For real. That's for all real. Corona, period. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, what does rejection look like to you? Like typically, like when you say, re- when you talk about rejection, what is that? I'm a really positive person. I try to be. I try to be. So again, I just look at rejection as opportunity. Um, uh, the way I see it, I think we all have, as artists, we all have our own individual paths and individual stories to tell. Um, and sometimes like we may not get into the rooms that we think that we want to be in, Mm -hmm. but throughout our paths, we'll get into the rooms where we need to be. We'll get into the faces of those we need to be in front of, um, so yeah, I definitely look at rejection as opportunity, other opportunity to grow, maybe go back to the drawing board, work on something that you, you know, uh, need to fix or like something that didn't work or, or go back to finding other opportunities and probably find um, the best opportunity for you after that rejection. So yeah. You know what's so crazy too? It's like, I feel like we're very similar in the way in which we present ourselves in these fields where we're not the typical archetype of what a musical theater person is because we do have different interests. And like you said, you're still trying to work on that triple threat thing. I'm right there with you. I haven't been into a dance. (laughs) Like I have not been into a dance room in probably a year and a half because I was like, nope, not me. But Mm -hmm. it's crazy that you say that rejection kind of puts you in the faces that you need to be because I feel like it's so oftentimes we feel like we're just not meant to do this anymore when we're constantly hearing the word no or we're constantly seeing this archetype of the same person in the places that we want to be and we're just not there yet, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, uh, as artists, like we tend to, I me, uh, I used to do this a lot. Now I really don't do it because um, I know like, I know who I am. I know who I am as an artist. I know what I have to offer as an artist. Um, I know who I am as a person, even more yeah. so. So, yeah. and I know what I, have, I what I have to offer as a person. So, um, but I used to get really down about rejection. I was like, oh, they don't like me. Um, they don't want me. Uh, I'm not good enough. Um, and but I thank God, like with our. Uh, field musical theater like things are changing like new routes are being made for people who look like us people who don't fit the stereotype of white woman who can sing as high as <laughs> as high as you can cry on cue and like kick their face oh like God. we're not we're not oh. you know we're not that and that's and that's okay right and that's okay yeah uh because avenues are being created like the world's ever changing this is 2020 like Mm-hmm. Uh, now, granted, the coronavirus definitely is slowing everything down, but <laughs> again, things are ever changing. So, yeah, I. No, I feel you I on that. Like, like yeah. I feel like that's my sense of rejection. Um, I'm. We're all creatives in this conversation, and in my field, I'm in the media and broadcast world. So right. it's like news and. I always say this, like there's always a cookie cutter image. Like whenever I think of a news anchor, I do see black women. But when you are told to be a news anchor, there's different personas that kind of make you want to live. And there's different ways they want you to present yourself. Um, And being rejected specifically because I am cultured or uh, different in a sense. And that the way I speak is 
not just your regular white girl. And sure, it's proper mm-hmm. and I'm pronunciating and you can hear every syllable. It still, it still has culture. It still has my lived experience in it. And being rejected right. for that kind of honestly made me stronger. You're right. It definitely was hard because I feel like I personally can't take rejection easily. Uh, and that's because I... I take it as a judgment call. Like it's like someone judging my character and my mm. morals and who I am. And that to me is very tough because like you, I try to be as positive as possible. I've had a lot of shitty things go on, go on, go on in my life. And I've known, I've realized that if I manifest in the sadness and in the horribleness of like what is happening and what could be happening in the future, that there's nothing that I'm going to progress from. I'm not going to learn right. from this. I'm not going to try to better myself and I'm just going right. to be miserable. Um, and so sometimes rejection makes me curious if I'm actually staying completely positive and if I'm doing that the right way and mm. what that looks like for me in the future. Um, yeah. So I guess that kind of leads into like the second question we have to ask. Okay. Um, so has rejection ever affected your work or mentality, your mental health? Like, have you possibly lost, like, um, possibly a love lost or a passion crushed? Um, did you lose yourself when you've been rejected? Have you ever lost yourself when you've gotten rejected? Who? Um, not artistically, not artistically. I don't think I've ever like really like, um, the only thing I lost artistically probably is time <laughs> and energy. Um, yeah. Personally though, uh, like as far as like mm, dating, Mm-hmm. Like there was one rejection from like a girl who I really liked, really like thought I wasn't lo- like honestly was in love with before they even knew my name. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was gonna work out. Like I thought it was gonna be great, um, but ended up getting rejected, causing me to lose sleep, causing me to question again who I am as an individual, causing me to question who I what I have to offer. Um, and in that respect affected me artistically because then it hindered my confidence in myself, mm-hmm. which hindered opportunities. Yes. And now yes. I'm like, okay, you know, what do I do from here? But it took a lot of it took a lot of healing to get over loved like the love I lost, you know what I'm saying? It took a lot of healing, yeah. it took a lot of self-reflection for me to get to the point where I'm like, okay, so, number one, separate your um personal life from your artistic from your work life, life. Yeah. yeah you know you cannot connect the two unless mm. like unless you find god <laughs> in a relationship where the money's right. coming together you guys can equally collaborate mm-hmm. then yeah business and business and pleasure don't tend to like mm-hmm. mix whatsoever no no ma'am. right no ma'am i'm not trying like i i try you know and keep it out of <laughs> and keep it out of um keep keep business out of pleasure like as best i can uh because <laughs> I don't ever want my uh, person to affect uh, what I'm doing at the moment. Like, I never want my person to affect, like, my acting or, like, anything like that. Unless I need to call on it um, right. during that. So My yeah. bag. Like, mm-hmm. Right. But, <laughs> but it's crazy, too, because I feel like we never really talk about relationships or forming relationships or um being vulnerable with people in a romantic way in our career field and Mm -hmm. just how difficult it is trying to do that when you're trying to establish yourself in a career that is so spontaneous and so Mm. ever-changing wow you guys guys are touching my heart right now i'm sitting here like (laughs) damn i'm sitting here like i'm the person being interviewed in this podcast (laughs) i'm listening to you guys i was thinking about that 
No, but I was thinking about that yesterday. I was I, I was literally up until probably 4 a.m. because, you know, it's finals week and I'm still doing stuff on the side. And like it, it was just a lot for me. And so I was just in my bag and I was like thinking about how when you're on the road to success and you're trying to become this powerful person, the path doing that is so lonely sometimes because most of your life, your waking life is your professional life. And when you're trying to separate your pleasure and your professional life, but you're constantly doing your professional life, you have no pleasure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard. You're right. Shafiq was saying it's hard. I was, I felt you. You guys are right. Oh my God. Yeah. Starts to cry. Um, (laughs) Starts to cue tears. Um, (laughs) I definitely have this issue. Um, it's not really an issue now. Uh, it really depends on uh, the person like that's involved. Uh, but I had the issue where I could not separate myself, separate my personal life from my professional life. And it actually ended up, for now, it's like working out now. But before, it was like really chaotic. Mm. We were like, you know, I would do a show, uh, get off stage, talk to the person that I did the show with, and sometimes it would be like we don't want to talk to each other or like we don't want to like see each other and it ruins things it ruins things like mentally for me like of course i'm going to still give you a show but like mm. also in the back of my head like i'm going to be 20 times more tired after doing said show if i'm in that like insane mental Mindset. state right yeah. then like you know uh then like i rather than i would in a positive mindset so yeah, it's hard to separate the two, especially when it's your entire life. And also, especially if the other person is an artist as well. Because uh-huh. you're dealing mm. with so many, you're dealing with so many factors, dealing with so many personalities, you're dealing yes. with so many. <laughs> yeah. But also um, them finding themselves and creating them their their space in their career field. Exactly. Like we're all out here trying to, you know, climb our way to the top and struggling to get there. Uh-huh. Um, right. So the text of that on the mental, the text of rejection or the text of um, not landing that opportunity or something like that is also looming over all the other normal stuff that we have to deal with as far as relationships and uh, uh, kids and education and all those kind of types of things. Like, yeah. Mm. So it sometimes could get hard to balance. I think also it's the fact that like, you, I, I, and we say this a lot, but you never really truly know somebody until they get an opportunity that changes their life. You never really know how they're going to act. Ooh. So let's, no, it's true. Mm-hmm. So let's see, let, so let's say that you're dating someone or you're heavily invested into a friendship and both of you are like doing musical theater, right? And y'all both go in for the same role. And that person gets like a huge like role or something and you're kind of stuck still auditioning. Let's say that person switches up. Your professional life and your personal life coincide with that because you're mm-hmm. still trying to have a relationship with this person, but you also see the way that they're moving and the way that they're acting, and that takes a toll as well, which is why it's like so difficult for me sometimes to get mm-hmm. behind dating somebody that does my field mm-hmm. as well because it's just the constant fear that it's not even like the casting directors of somebody rejecting me. It's like the person I my, love the, rejecting Yeah, the me. rejecting me like right. for their job. You but know I think I mean? that's actually kind of con- like controversial because like I think it wouldn't be a good idea. I mean, I'm not saying love is love. So like mm-hmm. you fall in love with whoever you fall in love with and you create relationships with whoever is in that moment and needs to, it needs to happen. But I feel like when it does come to careers, I would personally say that being in a like relationship with someone of the same career, I think it has to have to be different calibers of that career. Like, because specifically, if you guys are working together day after day, 
it's like you're just invading each other's personal space. Like, no offense or anything, but yeah, you are. Like, you want to be able to create, like, your own outside area from this relationship. And I think that's why working in the same field as your partner tends to become problematic. Because now right. the space that you're supposed to have as a safety away from someone that is another safety in your life is now intertwined. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's, like, there's a balance struggle, actually. And there's a power struggle, too. Because it's like, what if they want more? And what if you want less? And, you know, there's, like, it's a compromise. But it's I think that's the challenge, the most challenging thing for artists honestly yeah i me personally i um i'm currently in a i'm currently in a relationship with someone who i met via a job um so (laughs) period number one number one to go back to mckenna i return i return energy so like if you're giving if you're moving some type of way um that's like not suitable not suitable for like my liking i'm not gonna you know, if you're, like, moving different all because of a role that I got or, like, some opportunity that I got that you didn't and, like, the jealousy ensues, I don't have time for that because I'm busy, you know, doing my role. So if you're going to have... <laughs> if you're going to have... An, but if you're going to be mad at... <laughs> if you're going to be mad at my success... Right. If you're going to be mad at my success, if you're going to be mad at my success, you don't have... You don't need we to have anything to do with... Have anything to do yeah. with it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what got us through uh, Rent is that... Um, we put the show first. We put the show mm-hmm. first, and we put our we put the profession first. And we were like, okay, we're never going to bring us on stage because I've been mm. I've been through that before, and I think she's been through that as well. Um, so I'm never going to put we're never going to air out each other on stage. And honestly, there's some situations that do that. Like you'll see chaotic relationships on stage, and I'm like, this is bro, <laughs> right. this isn't about you. This, this is, is about this story. Right. This is not about you. This is about the story we're telling. This is a contract. This is about, what first of all, this is my check. <laughs> and now you're messing with it. Messing up the whole so thing. We got to figure Damn. this out. We gotta now we, now out. the whole plot is different. And everybody this is legal. The audience. <laughs> exactly. And like it hinders, it hinders the performance. Like, and the thing is, this could be the performance like that you could get contracted with an agent with and like now I don't know who's in the and audience. I'm fighting with you on stage. Like that looks a me- that left that's a mess. That's a mess. <laughs> ghetto. So we definitely <laughs> ghetto right. Ooh, the ghetto. Hoochie. Hoochile. The ghetto. Like what? Yes. Literally so that though. We definitely like made it a point to like discuss like please let's put our put our job first. Whatever comes with the relationship, whatever trials we face, like we're never going to take it on stage. Um, we'll always talk about it. And honesty and communication is really the biggest thing. Honesty mm. and full on communication. Like, I didn't like what you did today. I didn't like how you made me feel. This isn't, uh, what can we do to change this? What can I do to change this? Or what can I do to like change my attitude towards this particular thing? Um, really, and I think this being in this kind of situation, um, is a real ch- like is already really challenging, um, mm-hmm. like constantly being in the same quarters, constantly doing the same thing, um, spending like nights and days and nights on buses and planes and all that. It's just like all of that. So putting all of that on top of a relationship can be taxing. So honestly, right. communication is key. Honesty is key. Truth. Tell your truth. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. That's okay. Move on to the next, you know. But, um, you know, at least give it, at least give it a fighting chance if you're going to get it, if you're going to go into it. So that's interesting, huh? Relationships, I would agree. Relationships play a huge role in, like, 
I don't know. Just your mm-hmm. present being, Absolutely. I think, personally. I'm a people person. I'm like a... I would agree with you. I'm like... My, like wow everything you're saying makes me feel like we need to like have something like mimosas please one night i'm begging you and, like, bottomless mimosas huh? because like the people <laughs> bottomless yes bottomless please. oh my gosh please. i really need some of those but i just feel like sometimes people can get to me to and to and that mm-hmm. I, they can get to me and that mm-hmm. is only because i deal with people in my work field and like mm-hmm. being social and interactive with people is really mm-hmm. a big part of that um that my relationship sometimes my relationship sometimes can hinder how I'm feeling and how I'm doing. And it's been a huge learning process because like I'm emotional and I'm still trying to find what I really truly enjoy and what's really makes me happy and how, what that looks like. Um, and I think it's even more challenging when you're like mm. still learning and that like, cause like you don't want to screw up and you don't want to, you feel sad sometimes and you feel confused, but you know that that's how you want to. Mm-hmm move if that makes any sense um but i don't know i feel like having different relationships in your life definitely help you build on that and find if it's working out right, the right way right. or not and finally right. for you like i'm def- i'm definitely a person um i told her i was like hey i really like my space i really like my personal like my personal space is honestly <laughs> how i get through a lot of things in my life just like having that time for myself on the same token i'm also a really social person i'm a really like outgoing like i'm always talking to somebody mm-hmm. i'm always in my face at somebody's party or like you know whatever um mm-hmm. so having to put a relationship on top of that and dealing with whatever was going on at the time c- did also sometimes hinder my social behavior um, because I would be thinking about it and then right. I would just be like spaced out and then like I can't talk to Freddie over there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So right, yeah. clouded judgment mm-hmm. and just also clouded like, mind. Right. And that also affects my attitude throughout the you know, throughout the time that I'm facing whatever I'm facing in my relationship. So it can sometimes be taxing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I just like t- I don't really want to compartmentalize. Um, but I try to do that professionally. Um, just up until the point where I can like solve the issue, get it out, and move on. You know, and move on. Yes, that's right. what I'm learning to do. Because I feel like men are so much easier to learn to decarpet. De- uh, how do you even pronounce that? Decompartmentalize. Decompartmentalize. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel like I don't know. I feel like women are trained in like life to like work everything in unison like our relationships are built into our careers and our careers are built into our family lives and our family lives are built into our education and etc etc so i think it's hard for us to do that because like we're trying to find out how we can keep a balance within everything because we're supposed to be balancing everything but it's also we're also told that and i mean i'll relate that back to the workspace as well we're also told that we shouldn't really stand Mm -hmm. up for ourselves or Mm -hmm. demand boundaries And I definitely find that a huge problem in certain rehearsal spaces that I have had with people that I am close with, not even intimately, but let's say I have a really close relationship with them as a friend. I realize when I come into contact with conflict, 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 whether it be from a director or whether it be from another cast member, I have to step outside those friendships or relationships because they're not the ones that are going to stand up for me. It's me that I have to stand up for. for. And as a woman, you're told that you're not supposed to create these boundaries and you're not supposed to have options to choose, you know, what to say and what to do. And so it is really difficult for us as women. And I definitely feel like going into this field, um, I had a lot of like 
really mm-hmm. hesitant thoughts about it at first. I was like, oh, like, do I want to take a break? Like, do I want to just like after school, maybe focus on something else just because I don't know. I feel like whenever I'm in these spaces and I will, I'll specifically say these white musical theater spaces, things are changing. But like, I still think it is a mm-hmm, part of it is the mm-hmm, great white mm-hmm. way. And I will Very say so. that. I will say like, are they are they changing because it's now the trend or are they changing because they actually want to see mm. these bodies in this space? And like, I'll leave that, mm. I'll leave that up to me. Let's to leave that to question. Yeah. I'll leave that to yes. question. But yes. it just made me realize that like, I am this person going into this space that one wasn't necessarily intended for me. And two, mm. I might have these relationships going into this space, but because I'm black, because I'm a woman, it's going to be harder for me to establish these boundaries and really speak up about things. And so I feel like that will I don't know. Um, I guess as a person, I have to be ready to either receive the praise that I can get for that or the rejection that will come yeah. my way because yeah. of that, you know? Wow. That That's is. powerful. That's true, though. Very that true. Is. I agree. Like, um, I sometimes feel as a Black individual in general, and I know y'all, this is double full for y'all, but as a Black individual in general, in general it's like uh, we really have to uh we're a hot commodity right now apparently that's what they tell us that's what they tell us mm-hmm. yeah they're like, like hot we need a black we need a black, man who can right. like, we need a black man who can sing or run or you know whatever um so we're a hot commodity and then we get into these spaces with people who either look like us all together or with no one who looks like us at all and then it's just like um mm. we really have to we really have to create and maintain our space, especially if we go in, in the great white way direction. Um, we have to, mm-hmm. like, you don't have a choice but to create those boundaries for yourself. And it can be taxing, especially if you're in a society where, like, people don't, you know, people don't really get you. Like, they're not from where you are. They're not from your cloth. Mm-hmm. Um, they grew up in privilege. You know, they grew up in not not realizing wow. you know, like, hardships wow. are a thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they grew- <laughs> I'm really about to go and like journal after this because right. that really got me thinking. Shafiq, you're very, I hope you know that Thank you're very you. insightful. Thank you. Like, you are. La- like, I've literally just spoken to you for like 20 minutes and First you too, all, McKenna. Yes. You, I, I think you know this. I tell you this all the time. But, yeah, you guys have me reflecting on things that I've been actively oh, thinking about right now. And I think this happens, in, this is like mm-hmm. in all walks of my life, not just mm-hmm. in my career field, but like all yeah, walks you're fine. continue. I'm sorry. Um, so I, uh, in a job that I had, um, I really had to uh, create boundaries. Like, for, for example, I had to explain uh, to a white male that uh, <laughs> saying the N word isn't for him and it shouldn't be for everybody. Had to explain this. No, I'd then be like, why like, is this a problem? Why, why is it, like, my black friends, like where I come from, <laughs> let me say it. And like, I'm basically like, you know, down. So, like, why can't black. I? And yes. Black. He, him and his black, black friends, him and his white friends are just like, nigga, 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 it all over the place. <laughs> Um, oh my god like, well, first of all they sound ignorant anyway um <laughs> you sound ignorant and the fact that i have to explain this to you in this america is really uh jarring so yeah you really right. have to create your own space you have to create your create like set yourself up uh for success but like twofold like tenfold uh because everything is out there like the ignorance is out there just like the pure disrespect 
and the pure outward, like honestly, racism and uh, uh, prejudices are out there too. So you really have to, yeah, mind your mind your boundaries and like set them up because people will walk over you in a minute, especially if they have facts. Yes. People with yes. yes, or if you right. show your oh, vulnerability, that's another thing. Like once you show people that you're willing to like be nice to them and show right. them your trueness, people mm-hmm. will take that and use yes. it and manipulate. Yes. Absolutely, it. I think that's why he was comfortable yes. enough with me when he discussed like this particular topic. He's like, I'm yeah, black you know, just like you. you. Know? And I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> Literally, everybody's like, oh, someone yeah. go check. And I had to, and I was like, thing, but like, you're not gonna disrespect me. This space that I worked so hard to get to. Yes, like yes. You, might, you definitely did not work as hard nice. as you to get here. Like you have an agent. Like you've had contracts prior to. Like you graduated. You graduated college. You know, like you did. Yo, all these things. and mm. I was gonna mm-hmm. say, like before we kind of like shift in the next direction, I definitely want to mm. touch on that agent and manager thing because mm. I really don't think that um, people, especially I will say white bodies i'm not gonna say us all as a whole musical theater artists as a whole or artists in general don't understand what rejection is or don't understand that a part of them sometimes has to play the game and i definitely touched on this where i feel like that's really not who i am and i have to figure out a way to still be myself but also present myself professionally to where you want to hire me as new talent but i definitely feel like going into this new industry people don't understand like and i will definitely say white bodies how i will say just difficult it is trying to come in to this space needing representation and then realizing the fact that like these agents and managers still want to put you into this to this Mm. box of like the Mm -hmm. black entertainer that came before them like i definitely remember um Mm. and this was during showcase and i will say i love showcase i think it presented me up for a lot of different opportunities i was grateful for what i was given and like i was grateful for the opportunities that presented themselves to me after um showcase i mean it doesn't even matter anymore because we in rona times but (laughs) but you know that's a contact i could reach out to but i will say that during the process of doing the showcase i was constantly asked well what do you want to be in on broadway right now or like your top three broadway shows like name them or like who's the person that came before you and i was like to me y'all asking me what i want to be in right now first of all i really although the industry is changing me personally, I'm not, you have to understand not all black entertainers are the same exact way. So while this person can belt, maybe I do classical music theater. Maybe I want to do something else. Like Uh we're all not the same way. And so when you tell these agents and managers that when you try and showcase that side of yourself, it can be difficult to establish your footing in this industry because they're already just expecting an archetype of somebody who came before you. That's black. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. I do get that. I think, um, I think their job is to get you hired. And as an artist, you're left with money or morals. You're like, what do I stand with first? Mm-hmm. Wow. In the industry, money means money means a lot. Yes, like, but that's true. You know, that's funny. Yeah. So that- I, I get where they're coming from in the aspect of they're trying to get you booked. Right. So it's not really it, paid. Yeah. I don't want to blame it all on the agents. I want to blame it on the old people running this industry right now. Yes. Like all of in these, the industry. Yes. So yes. Beautiful, exactly. beautiful, beautiful, not just black stories, but of course there are beautiful black stories that need to be told. And that are, people of color, right, exactly, just and different. That are being told, uh, right. People, people call it in general, but there are also stories that 
could be told by anybody mm. that should still be told as well. Yes. Um, and I think the old people who run this uh, ever-changing industry um, refuse to, you know, change change the view because everyone everyone like everyone knows what when you think of Broadway, like you think of someone who looks like Idina Menzel or mm-hmm. someone who looks like Sutton Foster or someone who looks like uh, uh, Patti Lapone or some somebody like that. Right. So like they don't want to change. They don't want to change the aspect for marketing sake. Yes. So mm-hmm. it's really, yeah. So agents also are also battling. Like we want to get, like we would just want to book you work. So that way we can get paid. So that way you can get yes. paid. Um, but also there are agents out, out right now. Like my girlfriend is with an agent who is a person of color um, and who is also working avidly on providing more avenues for people of color um, just as, um, besides being the belting black girl. Yeah. Besides being like the running black man, you know? So <laughs> the black man mm-hmm. that taps. The black I, man that <laughs> Before my oh, that, right. <laughs> No, but before McKenna gets into whatever question she's getting into next, I we I had a, we have a conversation like about a week or two ago about how income can really influence mm-hmm. what you actually Ooh. are gonna do in this at yeah. whatever time it is. So like when you said money and morals, yeah. like that hit home really hard because like right now we're doing things that we love and we're creating for fun but if someone comes with a twenty thousand dollar check and they're just like yo we need you to be that slave you know? literally no. just you know give me that slave look i'm a, yes no i might it might be a, i don't know yes your morals might say oh this is not the role for me but that twenty thousand dollars is going to be an investment you know? in the future and that role is going to give you some opportunities that it might have not right. have given you you know and I know it sucks to say that, but it like, it's yeah. the in a world that's run by in a capitalistic society, you know, like it's really, mm-hmm. um, it's about what you're bringing to the table. Um, it's about the spaces mm-hmm. and places that you can get into uh, yourself, and um, it gets it gets really scary sometimes because, like, no, I don't want to play a slave, you know, all my life. No, I'm tired of tired <laughs> of being put in this box. No, um, I don't want to play a slave. This, you know, you know, like have to pay my rent yeah. um because rent is yes, like right local. and also and maybe you want right. to go to school or something right, you have to right. eat like there's shit right. that needs to get done so it's not really our fault it's not the agent's fault i don't uh not fully the agent's fault because there are some agents who are actually like really shifty um and can do like really grimy things to their uh clients but wholeheartedly it's the people that are producing the stuff on broadway like the uh white stereotypical like you know musicals um, who are not creating spaces for people who look like us and who sound like us. Yeah. And not just us, not just their perception of us, not just what they've seen in the past, not what they've just paid us to do, but who we actually are artistically. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a crazy, like, just a juxtaposition uh, to go yeah, into. Yeah, I um, agree. Yeah. Yes. So I wanted very to ask true. you, I think we're all very curious to know, is like, what did you learn from your rejection? Like, what specifically has built your character, whether it be from facing rejection in this field or whether it just be from your personal life growing up or even going to school? Um, I've definitely learned to, again, uh, take rejection as opportunity. Um take an take rejection to look back at the blueprints you know to see what it could have been and if it wasn't you then like hop on to the next opportunity to not dwell in rejection i think a lot of artists like because we're so emotional we're like just so emotional 
um, we tend to get downtrodden a lot, um, especially if we receive rejection a lot. Right. Um, so to not, you know, try and not dwell on it, you know, dwell on it for a minute, you know, you know, have your time, cry a little bit, you know, smoke a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, <laughs> Oh. <laughs> okay, okay, I like the sound of that. I like the sound. Same, same, same. Um, but uh, yeah, ultimately, uh, just don't dwell on it. And I think the biggest lesson that I learned is you'll be like, uh, your journey is your journey. Like, you're always going to be on your path. You're always going to be doing what you're supposed to be doing at that specific time. Mm. Uh, because, like, there's already a set journey for you already. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Oh. You'll be put in the spaces that you need to be in. Like, you'll be put in the spaces that uh, will take your career to where you need it to be or where you want it to be, you know, if you're, like, that driven. Um, but, yeah, just accept, accept, your, accept your journey. Accept your journey is the biggest lesson I learned from rejection. For instance, like, I originally did not... I booked the show um, here in Philly. It was, like, just a random show. Um something was wrong with like the schedule or something um to where i couldn't do it so they had to let me go um i was really bummed about it i was like i really wanted the show like this is such such a good job like it paid really well like the story was great like whatever it was great exposure mm. but right after i received that that firing email, I got the email the next day from Rent saying like hey we need you wow and i was like oh wow Yes. yes. What is for you will when not pass right. you. What's for you is what. Um, what's for you is for you. Like what God has for you is definitely for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and also, um, I was having this conversation with someone else uh, the other day. We, I'm looking at everyone's journeys like right now. Like everyone on Instagram is going live. Everyone understands having these concerts. Everyone on Instagram is like uh, recording. Like everyone's putting new music out. Like everyone's doing all this, you know, stuff while in quarantine. Um, and also just in general, and we can look at those journeys and sometimes be discouraged because we're not on that level. Right. Um, but again, yes, we had this yeah. discussion. Like, I think we talked yeah. about this like last week. We said that like, sometimes your friends and like the people around you can hinder your yeah. passion and drive you have for what yeah. you want to do. Yeah. And that's, and that's a real feeling. Um, but we can't compare, it is. We so can't compare real. journeys, you know, I know it's hard. I know it's hard and I know it's hard to see, uh, success, and it not be yours. Um, and especially if you want it so bad. And I right. think, honestly, that burning passion um, is really promising because it lets you know that you're really, like, you really want to obtain your goal. Like, you really want to reach what you're doing now. So to see that see that success for another person and to kind of be sad about it that it's not you is, uh, is promising, but, again, could still be damaging because it may send you into something that you're not supposed to do. Like, you may rush into something or like going to something and not be ready for it, or like that might not be the time for you to do it. Yeah, I would. So hundred- I think everything that's happens damn. for a reason. I True. think everything happens for a reason. Yes, um, and that's what basically gets me through rejection. I am currently just uh, I'm setting up my vocal studio, um, resetting it. Um, so I'm accepting students. Like uh, you can like email me at hikshafiq at gmail.com basically my name backwards um uh you can dm me on instagram facebook whatever um and i'll be more than glad to help you because uh these singers out here today 
Um, need a little bit of help. So I'm, I'm, here, and I'm here to provide the help. I'm here to provide the help. I just want to, uh, I want to bring out, um, as a voice teacher, I want to bring out the true authentic voice um, out of, my, of all my students, mm. but also allow them, give them the tools to like maintain and have great stamina so that they can use their voice for as long as they possibly can. Um, so that's what I'm doing. So if you feel DM, DM me or like anything about that, I'm uh, working on releasing a project. I have, I don't want to put a release date on it yet, um, but I'm definitely, it's definitely in the works. And yeah, everybody out there, stay safe um, and be blessed and, you know, happy quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. We have new episodes every Thursday at noon. And remember, guys, keep cultivating creativity.